Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Luke. I'm one of the coaches with PH Nutrition. And today I am joined by two other coaches. I'm joined by Coach Loz. Loz, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thank you. And I'm joined by Coach Chloe. Chloe, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you, Luke? Fantastic. I am good again. And today what we're going to do is we're going to dive into a little bit of a Q&A. So we put out a little post on our Instagram asking for some questions from you guys. We're going to answer a couple of them here. We might not get through all of them, but we're hoping to make this a nice regular thing. So if we don't get to those questions, we'll definitely get to them in another episode. So let's dive straight in. And Loz, I'm going to come to you first. We had a question on what to do in kind of emergency situations when you're following a plan, but life gets in the way or work gets in the way. How do you kind of make sure you make the right decisions there and stay on track? All right. Thanks, Luke. I could kind of think of two kind of main situations where this might eventuate. Obviously, like you said, life happens. We don't live in a vacuum. Um, you know, we're out and about and sometimes we're caught out where we haven't prepped our food or our food prep has run out and yeah, sort of thing like that. So first kind of situation is that you've not planned for a meal out and you're kind of heading to a cafe, heading to a, a restaurant, whether it's, you know, with some friends, if it's last minute lunch or, you know, colleagues, you're going out for a work meal, something like that. And the other situations where you kind of, you run out the door, you haven't got your food prep in your bag, you've got a quick trip to Tesco, you know, in the middle of the day and sort of, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll talk through both of these situations and kind of what you can do in each, just a quick couple of, a couple of tips that you can kind of apply to yourself if you ever find yourselves in, you know, in this situation. So the first one, restaurant, cafe, you have a plan for it. You're sitting down there, you're looking at the menu. You're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to order? It's going to fit with my plan. First thing um, is if you're scanning the menu, look for a protein-based dish. Okay. So look for something that you, you're enjoying eating. Okay. So chicken, fish, um, steak, whatever it might be, make sure that it is kind of grilled and not deep fried. And if you're not sure, don't be afraid to ask. Okay. The last thing you want to do is order the fish and it comes out sort of battered and deep fried. Okay. So grilled protein. Second thing you're going to do then is always order a side of veg. Okay. So a side of veg, 
a side salad, something like that that's going to pad out your meal, but it's not going to add too many extra calories to the bank. The third thing you're going to do is if you if it comes with the sauce or comes with the dressing, make sure you just order it on the side. There's no reason why you can't enjoy some of some of the sauce or some of the dressing. Okay, it's going to make your meal that much more enjoyable. But what you can do then is you can kind of um, control how much you're going to put on there. Okay, so uh, the last thing you want to do again is come out with steaks and doused in that sort of peppercorn creamy sauce. And then you've got no way of kind of knowing how much you're putting in, what's in it, things like that. So at least if you have it on the side, it's able, you know, you're able to control it. And then the final thing I'm going to say with that, so that if you know, if, is don't be afraid to order food that you would normally have at home. Okay, if there's a chicken salad on the menu, order it. If there's an omelette that you think you might enjoy, you know, mushroom ham omelette, Order that. It's not, you don't have to treat every meal as kind of like a treat. Okay. It's, you know, food always tastes better when you, when you haven't made it anyway. So, you know, chances are the omelet that you order is probably going to taste better than the one you have at home anyway. So don't be afraid to order something that you would kind of order at home. And then, you know, you don't have to, um, yeah, order the burger and chips and things like that. So, you know, salad, chicken salad is totally fine. And then the second way is, or well, second time, I would think is if you're, you know, right out the door, haven't got your food pepper in your bag and you've got to make a trip to Tesco, okay, or Sainsbury's or something like that. So meal deals can actually be a really good a good option in this situation, okay, provided you make uh, a good choice, okay? So you obviously get, with your meal deal, you get a main, you get a snack, and then you get, when you're ordering, when you're choosing your main, some of the sandwich options are actually really quite balanced and really quite good. The chicken salad one is great, okay? It's got a decent amount of protein in there. It's not doused in, you know, mayonnaise, which potentially have a lot of fat and things in it, and it's quite filling. Okay. And then your snack, you can actually have a look at your snack. And if, if you've, you can kind of use your snack to kind of make up where you might be falling for. So if you need a few extra carbs, grab the fruit tub. If you need a bit of extra fat, grab the little tub of nuts. Or, you know, if you need, again, if you need extra carbs, grab, you know, the, the popcorn. Fine. Okay. And then a drink, you know, sparkling water or something like that. Okay. So you can use these sorts of things to, to your advantage. And the other thing I'd suggest if you're in Tesco, if you don't fancy a sandwich or something like that, grabbing one of the salad pots, grabbing a, a thing of mixed, thing of pre-cooked meat, chucking that in, bit of balsamic on top. And then again, you've got a really nice balanced meal that's relatively, you stick relatively close to your plan with. So I hope that gives you a couple of things that you can do if you're ever caught out. And yeah. Thanks, Luke. Boom. That's a good question. Thank you, Loz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. And, and I think that's definitely going to help a lot of people there. So that's awesome. Let's fire through these questions. So, Chloe, we had another question, a couple that I'm going to kind of group together for you. We had kind of one, which is, how do you know if you're under eating? What are the signs of under eating? And then the one that kind of follows on from is, is there such a thing as too much of a deficit as well? Take it away, Chloe. Yeah, well, absolutely. You can definitely combine those two because they come hand in hand, don't they? There definitely is too much of a deficit because obviously we need food to survive. So if you are in too much of a deficit and you're not going to survive, you're going to die. That's how, you know, fueling works. When we're on a diet, that's what we're doing. We're reducing our calories down. So in a in a weird way, a diet is kind of like controlled starvation, isn't it really? Which is a bit of a morbid way to look at it. But if you're in too much of a deficit, then that's you, you risk malnutrition. So the problem is, obviously, I think we can... You know, we're looking at a spectrum, aren't we, with fat loss and being in a deficit. So obviously that's like a very, very far end of deficit. And then, you know, if we're kind of just looking at fat loss, we don't want to be in obviously that much of a deficit. But there can be, we need to find that balance. So as for kind of, I think under eating too much of deficit comes hand in hand. So the the signs that I would look out for with a client, things like brain fog, poor sleep, loss of a menstrual cycle impact on training and that kind of comes along with actual physical loss of muscle mass so perhaps we might actually not get to the point where we're not actually losing any fat but we're losing body weight and we're losing muscle mass especially if things like our sleep are then impacted 
by the fact that we're in too severe of a deficit um, and hormonal dysfunction. So when we are in too much of a deficit, we're at we are at risk of REDS, relative energy deficit syndrome. So this is where we start to kind of see, you know, hormonal dysfunction and uh, lack of lack of strength and stuff in training. I think the big things to look out for if you are on a diet and you're wondering if you're under eating, are you constantly thinking about food all the time? Do you constantly feel hungry? Do you feel kind of the need to pick on things? You know, are you are you kind of at your best in terms of your energy? Obviously, when you are trying to lose fat, you're not going to feel at your absolute 100% best all the time because your body is in a deficit. But you shouldn't be in a deficit to the point where you're dragging your feet or you're waking up in the middle of the night hungry or you can't concentrate at work. Often when we, you know, we put people through our kind of fat loss programs, they talk about their energy actually being better, even though they're in a bit of a deficit. We don't want to go the other way where suddenly we can't train properly. We're not recovering. We've got muscle soreness. So it's just kind of monitoring those things, thinking, OK, how do I really feel? And this is obviously for both men and women. But for women, we'd probably start to notice more things like an irregular menstrual cycle, like not having a period for a few for a month or two, irregular periods. And yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. Ace Chloe, really, really solid answer there. And I think it's important to remember as well that, that one of kind of our... Um, I don't want to say mantras because it makes you sound a little bit culty and religiously, but one of our kind of key focus and principles at PH Nutrition <laughs> is predominantly focusing on performance and having a diet that for the most part will maintain your performance and fuel you, but having those kind of short periods of deficits if you're looking to um, attack fat loss and that kind of thing as well, where there's, because I think that there's, there's yeah. such a thing as too much of a deficit, but there's also such a thing as being in a deficit no matter the size of it, for too long as well, where obviously we see metabolic adaptation yeah. occur and that kind of thing. So, yeah, and some really good kind of warning signs there as well in terms of looking at hunger, looking at your recovery, looking at your energy levels, looking at all of those things that, that everybody is going to experience. And then obviously the specific ones for female athletes as well for loss of menstrual cycle. So, yeah, awesome. Cheers, Chloe. A question that, that I got as well is kind of on the flip side the total flip side and this is for those of you who train twice a day and just want to fuel that and struggle to get the intake in because you do have to eat a lot of food when you're training twice a day just to maintain to help attack that performance right that fueling for performance and so someone was like you know how do i get all of the food that i need to get in in a day without feeling bloated without going in sessions feeling so so full without going to bed feeling so so full and how do we attack that and so there's a couple of things that i wanted to kind of point out for this the first thing is like it's so important to have a really really solid structure built in around your day around your training sessions so that you've got those set periods of fueling that away from training where you can get the most the big nutrient dense meals in that's where you'll have your protein have a little bit more fat have tons of veg and fiber and that kind of stuff so kind of three meals a day spacing out there and then increasing that meal frequency as well. So working in snacks where you can. And I think going like breakfast snack, lunch snack, dinner, and then a pre-bed snack is a really nice, easy way to do it. If you still kind of feel like, A, that's not necessarily enough food, or B, you feel like you're heavy going in with those snacks, I then think it's important to think about what makes us feel full and then reverse engineer it. Because if we're just thinking about kind of getting the energy in, if that's the problem of not getting as much energy in, the things that make us full are things like high protein, high fiber, plain boring food also makes us full. So reverse engineering that and thinking, okay, when I've hit my, making sure I've hit my protein and my fiber target across the day, kind of away from training is an easy way to do it. And then thinking, sweet, now to get the energy up, to get the carbs up, I'm going to go for stuff that tastes good, stuff that is low in fiber, stuff that is low in protein, and even stuff that doesn't need to be chewed a lot as well. So that's why shakes are genuinely a really, really good option for this kind of thing. Um, and so it could even be a case of having 
slightly larger post-workout shakes as well. I know a lot of people sometimes post-workout, they'll just have whey protein, which is, hey, 30 grams of protein, it's great. You're starting that fueling process as well. But even using stuff like bulk mass gaining shakes almost to an extent, not necessarily even if you're looking to get mass, but just as a really easy way to get another like 50 to 100 grams of carbs in sometimes, a way that's easier to get down because you're drinking it, you're not having to chew it as much. It tastes a little bit better as well. And then, I mean, some of them don't taste great, but hey, that's personal preference. And just reverse engineering it that way. So liquid food, liquid calories is always useful. Could even be worth having, sipping on some liquid carbs during a session as well, if you are really struggling to get intake in. So stuff like maltodextrin, stuff like, I mean, uh, this is a very niche option for me, but I tend to order the powdered Gatorade or the powdered like Glucosade on Amazon and use that as my intra carbs just because it tastes better as well. Yeah, so that kind of thing. So thinking about those things that make us full and reverse engineering it um, to get the energy in. Awesome. Any of you guys have anything to add to that as well? <laughs> I love the, my favorite intra carb is the Applied Nutrition Carb X. I'm not sponsored by I wish I was because it's my favorite. But yeah, that one, the fruit, the fruit burst one. And if you combine that with a bit of chocolate protein powder, oh my God, so good. So that's great. And yeah, Saurine, Team Saurine is always the best, isn't it? For Ooh, yeah. even intra training. Yeah. Saurine and Carbex. I love CrossFit as a loaf, man. It's amazing. Before I got into CrossFit, the only person that I mm-hmm. had ever seen eat malt loaf was my mother. So there we go. CrossFit is a malt loaf and now everyone does it. Oh, and another one as well. Like this is, this is from like now, cause I'm like bodybuilder style now yeah. is cream of rice and everyone knocks cream of rice, but it's so good. If you literally don't want to be bloated or whatever, quick, quick energy post-training, honestly, I'm addicted to it now. But yeah, cream of rice. For those of us uneducated (laughs) in the bodybuilding world as well, Chloe, what makes cream of rice different (laughs) to just say a pot of mullet? It's more finely, finely ground, finely. Okay. Yeah. Which again, like feeds into that. Yeah. Digests a lot faster. faster. Perfect for getting the intake in there as well. So that's awesome. So hopefully... Anyone that's training yeah. twice a day is not going to have any issues with getting that food in now. Cream of rice, apparently, is the go-to. There we go. I might have to try it. Hey, so we've got a couple more questions as well, guys. So we had a couple just on on that idea of kind of fueling for training. Just what is a good pre-workout snack? So I think if we break it down from sort of the principles and then give examples as well, that would probably be the best way to do it. So, Lars, you, you have some really good kind of comp day snacks as well, right? And that kind of feeds into training in general and those snacks. So So give us some of those. Yeah, awesome. On comp day, for CrossFit comp specifically, you're generally doing sort of like, you know, three to five workouts in a day. Don't often have too much time in between those workouts to kind of get a decent amount of fuel in. So, you know, I try and make breakfast my main meal of the day. So for me, overnight oats is my go-to. I love it. It's it's easy. It's quick and it's easy when I'm a bit nervous to kind of get down. It doesn't require too much effort chewing all that sort of stuff. Um, other option there, you know, bagels and an egg. Um, egg and bagels is another good option if you prefer something called I'm a little bit more substantial. And then throughout the day, anything that's kind of that, kind of like what, what Luke was saying before about the sort of that high density type thing, yeah, dried fruit, stuff that's easy to digest, quick carbs, dried fruit, serene bar, again, always, never go, you know, serene, always in my bag on a comp day. And just so things that, uh, you know, skew yogurt as well, if you want to, able, want to get a little bit of protein in there as well, skew, the skew yogurt pouches, again, easy, to, easy to, to squeeze down in between events, doesn't sit heavy on your stomach and things like that. So yeah, a dried fruit, bit of yogurt and, you know, a good serene bar is uh, my favourite go-tos for Boom. comp day. Amazing. And Chloe, have you got any other kind of pre-workout snacks? So when I was doing CrossFit, I used to have baby food pre-workout. 
And all of my clients will be like, here she goes with the baby food. But honestly, it's it's so good because it is, again, it's, you know, it's super, super because it's it's mushed. It's It just digests so fast. It's just perfect. You don't even feel it going down. So you're like, mm, I could have some more baby food. And it comes in pouches. So it's very good to carry about with you. But yeah, baby food and cereal, things like Cocoa Pops are great. I know it's like, you know, very, very sugary cereal, but it's perfect. I used to have, when I lived abroad, I used to have the Cinnabon cereal before workout. Oh my God. Incredible. Yeah. Things like that. Sugary cereal, baby food, pouches. So it random, does but indeed. it and does the job. doing the job, getting those carbs in. I think my go-to always used to be Rice Krispie Squares. Mm-hmm. So along that kind of cereal route, but throwing a ton more sugar in there as well. Oh, yes. right? Rice Krispie Squares, I think are a fantastic one. Awesome, guys. We'll do a couple mm-hmm. more questions because we don't want this one to be too much of a long one. I had one question that I think would be really interesting for us all to kind of give our insight on. And that was essentially a question on how to get into sports nutrition and how to kind of, yeah, how to how to make a career in it. So this is someone who I believe is studying nutrition at the minute and wants to make a career in it. But let's just go from the start. So let's go from someone who has never had any experience with nutrition or performance nutrition. How would you guys advise they aim to get a career in sports? So I... I actually went to university and I did history. I didn't do any sports until about, till I came out of uni and I didn't even start. I've actually only really started studying nutrition in the last couple of years and I'm making a very, very slow, steady um, march towards getting, you know, a master's and things like that. And it's all been a learning process for me. So I've kind of come from that side of not having a background in it before. And I just literally started with doing like a PT qualification, going to the gym learning, reading, like reading articles, reading magazines, reading studies, going on all the websites that we, you know, we recommend so many things through PH and just learning and talking to people, reaching out on Instagram to, you know, people like ourselves, coaches and, you know, getting involved with other people. That's the best way I've learned things is talking to people and, you know, asking questions. Don't be afraid to reach out and just, just read, 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 read all the things. And there's so many online courses you can do, like lots of modules from various universities. You can, you can do open university stuff. Like, yeah, just learn as much as possible. And in the things you enjoy, because there's so many, it's such a massive, massive topic. There are so many areas and you're never going to be an expert in everything. You need to think, okay, what do I find so interesting? What has got me hooked? What do I want to know more about? And then you'll kind of like fall into your your thing that you enjoy and you'll learn more about it because you love it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was similar uh, similar to Chloe. I didn't have a background in any form of fitness or nutrition. I was actually a school teacher up until, you know, uh, 2020. So, yeah, the same sort of thing as Chloe. I did my precision nutrition level one and I was lucky enough to kind of fall in with the PH guys who I found invaluable in kind of helping me sort of get started. Um, it's... It's been, you know, like Chloe said, kind of a little bit of a slow burn, like just trying to uh, build, gradually build up sort of your client base, trying to build up kind of where, where your interest lies. And so up until kind of now, I've been doing sort of general, I work at a CrossFit gym. So it's been quite easy to kind of fall into that kind of like performance nutrition side of things. The people that I mainly work with are kind of, you know, not necessarily ath- like professional athletes, but they, they have an interest in being f- uh, in fitness and performance and things like that. So that's where I've kind of directed all my my kind of own reading and own research and things like that. And kind of recently I've taken a bit more of an interest in kind of the female health and uh, pre and postnatal so, sort of thing. So I'm actually starting a course in a couple of months on pre and postnatal uh, certification. So that's, again, like Chloe said, just kind of finding your interest. That sort of piqued my interest. There's something I really want to learn more about. So I happen to find a, a really nice course that I'm going to jump in on and then just kind of work my way through that and then kind of see where that, t- see where that takes me. Amazing. I think a really kind of common theme um, that you guys both touched on there that I'll also touch on is that kind of willingness to learn because like Chloe said, there's so many aspects of nutrition. Like lots 
said, you need to find your specialism within that and really focus on that. And the way that I kind of got into it as well, I actually did a master's in human nutrition. So there was a very, very small amount of kind of sports nutrition focus in that master's. We covered everything, yeah, from kind of how to deal with obesity on a global scale. We did workshops where we pretended to be the World Health Organization. It was a proper university, guys. I'm not making this up. And then there were other modules on obviously biochemistry, biophysiology, and or just physiology even, and sports nutrition. So after that, when I decided that I wanted to specialize in sports performance nutrition, it was that kind of willingness to learn. So I went out and looked at um, different kind of potential courses and qualifications. I chose one which is the International Society of Sports Nutrition. In retrospect, that one's quite America-focused, so there are kind of other courses that are really good to specialise. But it's always important to think with online nutrition courses as well, though, that there are nutrition courses and there are nutrition courses. So the quality of them is always going to be different. And Precision Nutrition, which is the one that Loz and Chloe both mentioned there, is a fantastic one. There's also one from the Institute for Performance Nutrition, the IOPN, which is a great one, kind of really well respected and led by some of kind of the UK leaders in the field of sports nutrition as well. And I think a lot of it, like we've said there though, is there's the willingness to learn, there's the willingness to improve your craft as with anything, but there's also the kind of networking side realistically, because sports nutri sports nutrition, performance nutrition is actually a relatively small world, but a competitive world. There's probably more performance nutritionists, sport nutritionists than there are jobs. And there's not more than there are clients because there's tons of clients. But if you're wanting to kind of work with sports teams and dive into that, um, then it's about a little bit of networking, of course, but in the right way, not just kind of schmoozing for the sake of schmoozing and making sure that you get stuff out of it as well. So um, I, when I when lockdown happened, I actually ran a couple of kind of Instagram lives to kind of get in touch with people. And this was just a case of me wanting to reach out and learn from people that I respected in the fields and absorb their knowledge. And from that, that's actually how I got involved with PH. That's how I established a relationship with kind of a couple of, of nutritionists from different universities and from different specialisms. And I think it's really important to kind of find mentors in the industry as well, but mentors that, that will look out for you and that will push you forward and obviously in any kind of mentor-mentee relationship there's going to be an aspect of use you're using them for their knowledge and their connections and they're using you for the stuff that they don't want to do sometimes and so it's important to find a relationship that works that's a healthy relationship <laughs> that is a give and a take but I do think that that one is is so so key you cannot do it on your own you have to learn from people that have been there and done that and that are going to guide you through everything and it's about identifying those people definitely identifying the people that you don't just respect academically and professionally and um, but that you enjoy as human beings as well because if you're going to learn from them you want them to be kind of good dudes and that's all good girls and that's good girls that's creepy uh good good people is a much better way of phrasing that you want them to be good people <laughs> so it's really important to kind of establish that relationship as well but yeah Learning as much as you can, reading as much as you can, getting to know as many people as you can, and just being curious. Always be curious about what someone else does in the industry because you can always learn um, from other people, even if it's a case of learning how not to do it. There's always stuff to learn from from pretty much everyone out there. So, yeah, awesome. Anything else to add, guys? I think just like for people that do want to get into sports nutrition and stuff, like don't be, um, don't think if you don't have any knowledge and any start like a lot of people will let that hold them back like don't be afraid to jump in and participate in things and like talk to you know if you do if you are a PT with kind of no nutrition knowledge you know have conversations with your clients don't ever obviously tell them something you don't you don't know like you need to do your research and stuff and you need to get qualified but 
you know, don't be afraid to kind of start conversations with people and don't be afraid to let the fact that you might not have like a background in it, Boom. don't let that hold you back. Just just go for it. Definitely. I think a lot of it's a lot of um, learning by doing as well. So if you, if you can, as much practice as you can get in, whether it's, you know, doing it friends, family, things like that, having chat, having chat with them, you know, again, not working outside of your scope of expertise, but um, the more you can practice, um, the more, you know, the more where you, you, that's where you're going to find your niche, find um, where, where you might need to find out a little bit more information. So you can also find where your deficits are and kind of use that to guide your, guide your own research and things like that. Amazing. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. That was ace. I think we'll call it there. Question, but we'll get some more info another time. We'll, we'll do a ton of these Q and A pods. So if you do have any questions ever, then just drop us a message on the Instagram. We'll probably periodically put up a Q&A box on there as well, but you can always just send us a DM or send us an email, head to our website, get in touch with us there. And if you have any questions that you want answered on one of these, then we will be, we'll jump on it and we'll answer it for you because that's what we're here for. We're here to kind of spread knowledge. But yeah, we hope you've taken a lot out of this. Guys, it's been fantastic to kind of sit down and chat with the both of you. I'm looking forward to the next one already. But for now, I've been Luke. We've had Loz. Loss, see you later. And we've had Coach Chloe as well. Coach Chloe, thank you very much. And we'll see you guys soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.